This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. You take the good, you take the bad. You take them both, and there you have spiders crawling out of a red velvet cupcake. Good morning, Night Vale. Hey, my name is Meg Bashwinner, and I am going to eat some vegan Thai food after we're done recording this. I'm Symphony Sanders, and I already ate some tofu penang curry. And I'm Hal Loveland basking in the afterglow of the 76ers winning a playoff game against the Raptors tonight. Who knows what will have happened by the time this airs, but uh, I will be celebrating after this recording with a peanut butter jelly sandwich and Trader Joe's corn chips. As is the tradition of a Sixers win. <laughs> yes. And this is Good Morning Night Vale. And I can't – I don't even want to describe what the show we, – we, he did it again. He did it again. Who he? he? One time – one time is like a – maybe it was a slip of the tongue. That's just how he says it. That's Another how time, he says it. I, we, no, this needs to be picked apart. Oranges. I just need there's to – sometimes, There's sometimes he says it right though. There's like two of yeah. them that he says it right. Not in this one. Yes, no, yeah, 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 yeah. After he says it the first time. I heard orange juice multiple times. I heard it <laughs> multiple times. Yeah, he said it multiple times, but I th- th- think he's probably, like, it's, like, written, like, six or seven times in this episode, and he says it, but he said it right, like, twice. This is Good Morning Night Vale. This is a show where we try to figure out if there is a very uh, specific condition where the word orange juice appears as one word <laughs> without the G and E. I also decided that Orange Juice is my drag king name. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> and it's a Cecil Baldwin cosplay drag king. Of course it is. <laughs> it's perfect. I, Not I need Cecil a Palmer, of that. Cecil Baldwin. Yeah, so of I wear a black t shirt yes. and skinny jeans. It could be a sassy t shirt. Yeah. Yeah. A, a statement sunglass. Yeah. Castro hat. <laughs> and I have my, he always has a bag. He has so many bags. We all have bags. Many different bags. He's a man with many different bags. Cecil He's a man of many bags, really. He's a man of many bags. Great. So I'm going to do this description of this episode. Is episode 38, Orange Grove. John Peters, you know, the farmer, had a huge, healthy orange crop this year. But Carlos grows skeptical about a sudden orange grove in the desert. Plus, the city council tries to get out of town. And an important correction to a previous story. Let's talk about it! Let's talk about it! Um, John Peters, you know the farmer, so like he's all over this bitch. He's all over this bitch. Well, let's take this moment to wish Mark Gagliardi, who plays John Peters, you know the farmer, a very special happy fortieth birthday. Happy birthday, Marcus! Yeah, old bitch. It's a very special year for Night Vale actors. Uh, yes. we had Desiree Birch turn forty this year. Cecil mm-hmm. Baldwin turned forty. Kate Jones, who plays Michelle Wynn, will turn forty this year, and Mark Gagliardi turned forty this year. So it's a big year for Night Vale actors. Huge. 40-year-old voice actors. I love it. 40-year-old voice actors, that film with Steve Carell. (laughs) 
the 40-year-old voice actor. It does sound like a pitch for a show on the CW. It's 40-year-old voice actors. We're all pretty cool. I mean, it's all pretty cool. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm not 40 yet. I'm still a very spry 38. So 40s in my rearview mirror. <laughs> Whatever. It's a speed bump you on know the what, road Hal? to 500. You're ageless, baby. That's right. I am ageless. <laughs> I can look real young if I want to. If I want to. I'm 33. I look like a mountain man. You're very yeah, young. You're a young babe in the woods. Yeah. But all, but always but always the boss. Yeah. yeah. You're the boss baby. <laughs> that's, you that's, are a boss baby. Yeah. Holy crap. That's me. That's me. Oh my god. Um well, let's talk about Okay, so John Peters is all over the place, but y'all, is it John Peters or is it non-Peters? What? Doppelganger. <laughs> More like a non-Peters. <laughs> right. Do you think it's his actual double or do you think it's like Bizarro World, like the the Dark Nether World John Peters? Yeah, the Upside Down John Peters. That's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, we do yeah. get the door in the desert. We come back to the to the house that isn't there. Right. Uh, and he's sitting inside and nobody can like reach out to him. Yeah. yeah, and Dana saw him there in, during Dana, uh, you know, like tw- months ago. Yeah, eight episodes ago, yeah. You have Strex covering it up. Strex covering up, not even letting the show's yeah. secret police cover it up, but like taking over. Like, the cover-up. It goes over their heads. So, yeah, they're covering up the cover-up. <laughs> this is getting deep. <laughs> it is, it is. It's getting deep, and it's about oranges. Um, I love that, like, we just go from John Peters with the imaginary corn, and now all of a sudden he has this huge orange grove. And, right. And I love that this episode, it gets weird instantly, where it's like, he has an orange grove now, and then, like, here's a bunch of weird, weird, weird that's happening with the oranges, mm-hmm. and what at the press conference when he throws the oranges at the journalists, and they flicker away. And everybody's yes. being, for, for like, having oranges forced on them. Have you ever had citrus forced on you? I love it. I force citrus on others. I love okay. citrus so much. I had a grapefruit today and a tango orange. Ew. Yeah. It's really good. I love a cutie. I carry around mm-hmm. cuties in my bag until the point where I'll like be just digging in my bag for like my keys or whatever. And then I'm like, how long have these cuties been in here? Ugh. Oh. They, they're not bad. So I eat them yeah. anyway. But they're warm. Ugh. They get real squishy. I love them too. I love oranges. I'm not a big grapefruit guy. A little too tangy for me. I like lemonade. That's not really citrus, though. Not yeah, the way is. I drink yes, it. Yes, it is. Well, citrus not, and, and not it's what it's true made for lemonade. No, Aww. no, that's just chemicals and citric acid. <laughs> but I do like homemade lemonade as well. I like a good. It's the best. Yeah, like around Christmas every year. But like the on the West Coast, there's so much great citrus. Like literally, it falls out of the trees and hits you on the head. It's like just really coming from ev- everywhere. But like in Jersey, where I grew up. It would be like right around Christmas, we would get the boxes of clementines. Right. And that would be like, we would like, my sister and I would come home from college. My mom would have the box of clementines. And it was like our like stoner food. We'd like go get high in the garage and then like <laughs> just eat like a whole crate of them. And my mom would find the uh, the peels everywhere. And she'd be like, you can't have these anymore. You're going to throw the peels away. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing about citrus that I'm not a big fan of um, is like the, the way it leaves your hands feeling. Mm. Because, you know, sticky. the spray, yeah, it's like, it's got that, yeah. But the smell? Sap. The, oh, it's lovely. You, 
You smell your hands after you peel a, an uh, an orange, or after you have a like, or you work with lemon, like whatever you're doing, it makes your hands smell so good. Like, I, I like grapefruit scented things. Mm-hmm. I just don't like the actual. My mother, like, there was a time where she would just have grapefruit for breakfast, which I feel mm-hmm. like is a very seventies and eighties thing yeah. to do. Like sweet, yeah. sweet and low on oh. a half yeah, of a grapefruit. It's cottage cheese. Um. Yeah, cottage cheese. I told you guys about my grandmother's diet once. I don't remember if I talked about it on this podcast or another podcast, but my grandmother had a diet that she went on in like the early 80s that was just toast and tuna fish three times a day. Your breath smells like buttholes. Yeah. A cat's butthole. Yeah, it smells like a cat bowl. Specifically. (laughs) Every time time she would breathe near somebody, they go, oh, is a cat presenting? What is going on here? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's just the way I, I eat grapefruit like a like you but would eat an orange. I just like peel it and pull the segments apart and mm-hmm. eat it and it's delicious. I have it for a snack usually. Oh, look at you. Um, yeah, it's like an afternoon snack. It's a whole grapefruit. Sometimes I find that grapefruits can be um, – I don't like how much pith there is. Yeah, there's a lot of pith peeling. But that's kind of like it's, I can take a break from work. I sit down with my grapefruit. It takes a little bit of time. Okay. You know, I kind of I got to clean my kill, you know? Okay. <laughs> it's like a puzzle too. There's, it is yeah. like a good little puzzle for you. It's a, like a like one of those like dog feeders where it's like a puzzle. Yeah. It slows them down a little bit. Yeah. 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 It's so a, they don't just wolf it all down. An iCube. Yeah as they call it. Yep, that's uh, me. We haven't even talked about zest. Anyway, you were saying how? I love uh, my favorite orange juice, which is how you say it. <laughs> orange. Uh, orange. Oranges? Yeah. Oranges. My, my favorite Aaron juice <laughs> in the world is Tropicana, pure premium. Okay. No pulp. Oh. If you give Ew. me pulpy orange juice, no. I'll remove the pulp. If I wanted a pulpy orange juice, I would eat an orange. Friend. You eat an orange, of course you would. I that's right. Love no pulp, but I also prefer no pulp, low acid mm, for, your, for your reflex. Yes, I know because I get the the acid reflux. Yes, you know, so I try and keep it low acid as much as possible. How do they make it low acid? Do they they neutralize it with some sort of base? Science. Yeah, it's got to be putting something in it. You know what? I'm as much of a scientist as Carlos is. I mean, Carlos is a science who deals with, scientist who deals with science. He doesn't deal with nature or trees or. I know, and I was like, "That's biology." Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's He's a scienceologist. <laughs> the science of science is what he. But he always has like beakers and stuff. Oh, also, he talks a lot about Carlos and the emails and stuff in this episode. Yeah. So you get a little bit more into their relationship because we haven't really talked about that in a little while. Yeah, they're kind of settling into a relationship with, like, who's cooking dinner and what they're going to eat and what they're going to watch on Netflix and whether they're going to go out. Like, it's it's very much settling into the normalcy of a day-to-day relationship, which I think is the best part. Yeah, when you're, like, comfortable, it's nice, and all you have to worry about is, like, what are we going to eat tonight, babe? Like, Yeah. When your husband and when I'm like, babe, it's working girls' night, you got to take care of dinner, and he orders vegan Thai food, and you're like, yeah, babe. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, for those of you who don't know me, which is – most of you. I am the more hungry I get, the worse I am about deciding on food. I need someone to like make a decision. Jennifer's like that. She gets hungry and then hangry and then you can't make a decision when you're hungry. I sort of go the other way. I go like I know there's something that I'll eat, so I just eat it. Like I'll just I'll pounce like a like a lion on whatever <laughs> whatever I like that's nearby. I'll just get it and eat it. Yeah. Yeah. I plan our food like a week out. 
I'm like, we're going to have this, this, and this on this day of the week and this day, and I'm going to make it with this stuff, and you're going to make this. And um, yeah, I'm an organizer. That does not I, surprise me. <laughs> no, that, that doesn't surprise me, but that's, I mean, that's so much more thought that I than I want to put into my food. I like a surprise. Um, but you know what? You're, you're working a lot harder than the city council is. Oh my god! I was as soon yes. as I heard that, I was like, "Oh, they're so bad at their jobs. They're so bad at they're so bad at their jobs. They're trying to leave. Yeah, they're so bad at that. They they fuck that up. They can't even go. It's yeah. like you think when you throw down the little smoke bomb or whatever that you just like run out of the room. Yeah, but no. they just say they're like, oh, it usually works. They're so inept. They are. Well, it's, you know, we've been discussing this for a long time now. Nobody's good at their job. Right. And the city council is, like, particularly – they're, like, our tent post of who's bad at their job in yes. Night Vale is the city council. And also, when they leave, like, they made the standard American sign language, I love you gesture as the – okay. <laughs> so I misheard it because I wasn't reading it at the time, and I didn't pick this up until after because I was, like – I thought it just said the standard American gesture for – I love you. And I was like, what would that be? And then I was like, oh. And then I had to read it and was like, oh, sign language. No, that makes yeah. more sense. Because I'm like, what would? What do you think the if it wasn't sign language, just like the I love you, would it just be like point to your eye and then draw a heart? Or just the heart, the, the heart oh, hands. Oh, heart hands. Yeah. Okay. Maybe a wink. Yeah. I always think of it as as this this because we my mother and I would you know like or my dad like our, my family we, that's what we would use. That's not the rock and roll. No, that's this. Is that, is that, is that I love in. you in sign language? Yeah, because you have the yeah. I, the L for love, and you. Oh, oh that's so cute. Yeah. Love you. Nice. Okay, I'm going to – well, we're doing it to each other now. Yeah. Because I do love you guys. Yeah, I love you guys. You guys. And now Google knows, and that's the shocker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's one step from like, – yeah. it's like a, like a blinking light. Hey, maybe the shocker is a way to say I love you. Beep, 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 beep. Snapchat, Craigslist. Oh. <laughs> Actually, Aww. Snapchat, Craigslist. <laughs> Snapchat, Craigslist. This visual stuff is so good for the listeners. It is. Yeah, yeah. for the listening audience. Uh, the stamps.com ad. Yeah. Yeah, that was is. great. That was during when Stamps.com was advertising heavily on, on well-known podcasts. Did they ever actually become a sponsor of the show? I don't think – I'm trying to think if we've ever done a Stamps.com. It's possible. We used to use Stamps.com. I know that because when we were send, when we were, we were fulfilling T-shirt orders, we would use Stamps.com to do the stamps for fulfillment. And we had really cute Night Vale printed stamps from Stamps.com. So. It's creepy how they're going to take your family though. Yeah. But, I mean, everyone hates going to the post – have you ever been to the post office? It's terrible. I have been to the post office. I go, to, I go there sometimes um, just for fun. I'm going to go tomorrow to send out our uh, Patreon rewards for our uh, our, fan, our fan zoners in the Patreon who get a package from me every month. It, tomorrow is the 30th, so you'll get your package. Uh, but that's <laughs> because yeah. I was waiting to for something special, and I needed I needed it didn't happen until Saturday for me to get the special thing to send to you. It's but. the thirtieth of the month. Mm-hmm. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! <laughs> Um, I bet you that's so – I love getting packages in the mail. I mean, yeah. I usually am the one sending it to myself. So, I mean, it's kind of dumb. But, like, it makes you feel like you're getting a present. Mm-hmm. I like a, a little something in the mail, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you feel like a real adult, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Speaking of – Maureen, I think, is more of an adult than Cecil is. 
even though she's an intern. But now she's blinked out of existence. Yeah. The lore behind this episode is that is that Maureen Johnson, who this character was named after, was so upset that she was killed off that she launched a Twitter campaign to be brought back to life. And Joseph and Jeffrey <laughs> said, yes, we'll bring you back to life, but only if you play the character of Maureen. So... Oh, we need to fi- we need to find that out. Yeah, yeah. We need to so. learn more about that campaign. Maureen yeah. Johnson, I'm calling you out, woman. Yeah, hopefully we can have Maureen on the show one day soon. I know she likes to be on podcasts. She's a she's a <laughs> podcaster. She is. She's mm-hmm. a podcaster. She is a podcaster. Is. She's one of those podcasty people. I heard pod nasty, but that's not right. Pod nasty, our new show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what would that be about? It comes out on the 29th of February every four years. It's called Pod Nasty. Pod Nasty. And it's just simply saying that like that. <laughs> Pod Nasty. It's, it's, it's just an ASMR yeah. podcast. That's the vanity card for an ASMR channel. Pod Nasty. <laughs> hey, guys. We're here to have some. I'm gonna be drinking some orange juice. <laughs> Sorry, orange juice. It's two separate words. I know that because nobody's ever in history written it as one word. <laughs> oh, I don't know why that bothers me so much. That's all I can think about. It's just interesting. It's just an interesting little vocal tick that he has, and like barista and barista, potato, mm. potato. I guess. Mm. Yeah. I don't think this is a potato potato. I Joseph, think has a, Joseph has a little vocal tick that he says. He says a crossed. Wait, really? Yeah. He adds a T to the end of a cross. But he's aware that he shouldn't? Uh, no, he, he like, says, he, whenever I, t- whenever I, I like, corrected on him once and he yelled at me and he's like, you're a prescriptivist. I was like, okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you say words as they're written? Yeah. I was like, okay, whatever. He can say it whatever the fuck he wants. I'm married to him. What am I going to do? Leave him because he says a crossed? No. I mean. Only if he says supposedly. Yeah. He doesn't say supposedly. Right. Well, any, anyways? I think I say anyways. Stop it. No. <laughs> like, anyways. Anyways. Like I say it like anyways. Not like, not like intention. Not like. It's an old habit. Yeah. I don't, I think I say anyway. I'm curious what everybody, if you listen to this show and you know you have a habit that is incorrect that you are not correcting. What is it? Say, uh, send out a tweet. Tag us. Uh, individually, our yeah. t- our Twitter handles, and have it say, uh, "My, what what would the hashtag be?" Your Oren. <laughs> my my weird words. Oh yeah, my hashtag we- my weird words. Or just say hashtag anyways. orange juice. <laughs> yeah. What is the other? What is the other one? Supposedly is one. There's another one that people use a lot. I don't remember. I try not to get mad about the way people express themselves because there's lots of different cultural reasons. Um, not everyone is from the place that you're from. Not everyone is raised the way you were raised. Not everyone was taught the same way you were taught. So just let them express themselves. If you can understand what they're saying, then then it doesn't matter and they're not saying it wrong. That's like um, – mm. <laughs> <laughs> In the last script, uh, Tamika had a thing about potato – Potata. Potata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was fun for me to figure out how I was going to say it. Right. Because they didn't give me any indication of how they wanted me to say it. And they're like, she says it weird. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And they're like, because, and it's, she's like, well, they're like, why do you say that? And I was like, well, because. 
I learned how to speak from reading, not from listening to it. Duh. So no, she says potata and not potato. Potato. <laughs> Cause I was like, also I was like patow tow. <laughs> Podor. Pikachu. Podador. 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 That's very apt, knowing all the Game of Thrones things that are going on right now. Um, that may, uh, also brings me to like thinking of the ancient chalk spire, the predecessor of the brownstone spire. Yeah, it's nice to hear from hear a good little shout out from the brownstone spire. Uh, I need a different kind of effect on the chalk, old chalk spire. Ancient chalk spire. I don't know what kind. Of, this is going to be fun to see what they edit into that. Nothing like experimenting. Yeah. Um, I like our little corrections about how nothing is real and how previously things, maybe things were mentioned that were real, but in fact, nothing is real. It's nice. Yeah. Nice that they were able to issue a formal correction on that. Nothing is real. Yes. I like how right before the weather, uh, John Peters comes to Cecil's office to fucking throw down. Like attack him. A fist of cuffs. What is with that? And then Cecil just beats his ass. <laughs> well... I mean, he's got reach on him. Well, it also wasn't. I don't think it was really John Peters. You know, no, it's the the Bizarro. It was not non Peters. Non Peters. You know, you know, not the farmer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, non Peters. You know, not the farmer comes and they get serious. And Cecil reaches for his phone to tell Carlos like that he's you know like that he loves him and he's, if he doesn't come home, whatever. And then he realizes that he can just use the phone as a weapon to hit non Peters. And I and it's also. Like, I like that he says he hit John Peters upside the head with it. Because I'm like, yeah. that is exactly, you're like, what'd you do? Oh, I hit him upside the head with it. <laughs> so he bitch slapped John Peters, non-Peters. Yeah. Non-Peters. You know, not the farmer. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Like, he just, I just, you always, you never really think of Cecil having to fight. Because usually he just, like, uses his intelligence or his yeah. radioness or, like, something something else saves him. Um, right. Someone else who's a fighter comes in. But no, Cecil just hits him with his phone, which, like, feels like the way that, like, your grandma would, like, hit a mugger. Yeah, with a purse <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he has, like, the – some people on their phone, they have, like, the purse strap. Or they have that, like, thing that makes it look like a book. You know, it's like a flap that goes over the thing. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you need that much screen protection? Oh, okay. Are you like you're gonna hold it like a like a novel? What is, yeah. what is happening here? They like to slide their credit cards and their metro cards and their library cards and all their cards yeah. in there. And I'm like, mm-hmm. the last thing I need is like for all of my life to be in one place. Like you lose yeah. your phone and you lose your wallet in one jump, <laughs> you're totally screwed. Yeah. I also don't want a phone sized wallet. No. Like wallets are enough on their own. I don't need it to be the size of my phone. My wallet's bigger than my phone. Well, Meg, you, you're usually the type of person who likes a big honking phone case. Oh, I, I do. My new phone case doesn't have that. I do like a large phone case because it's fun. I think it's <laughs> I think it's fun when things are the wrong size sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I like the ones that um, I would never use this on my phone, but like I like the ones that like make it look like it's an old phone or it's a like a camera or mm-hmm. a, um, a Nintendo, um, old Nintendo controller or something. Yeah. My my old one on my old phone was a big coffin. And I like that one. And it on it. I yep. love that. Um, I remember that then one. I got a new phone and it doesn't fit on that. And I ended up throwing it away. 
Bye. 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 I love your phone case. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, but now my phone, my phone is in just a clear case. Then I have a wolf sticker on the back. And then I have a Bucky's pop socket. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's right. The Bucky's. Yeah. I got to see it. Oh, and hear the tale of Bucky's. It's one of our favorite things. Yeah. We love it. One day I'll experience Bucky's. We'll get you there, Hal. We'll get you there. <laughs> so we, yeah, we get back from the weather. We find out that Cecil, Cecil bitch slapped John Peters with his phone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then the cover-up ensues. Well, and the or- the orange juice that was um, spilled left a damn hole in the floor, like a void. That's why you get the low acid, right? Yeah, that's what they put in. <laughs> that's the base is the, the – Is the void. So, is the void. Yeah. It's a little bit of abyss. Um, I just wonder, like in my brain, because I'm looking at the photo in the book, and it's just like a, a black void. I'm like, I wonder if you stuck your hand in there. Like, is there something on the other side or is it just like nothing? Yeah. Like, could you pat intern Maureen on the head with your hand and then right? come back? Could you get a high five from intern Maureen in the other place? Well, you wouldn't be able to see where your hand was going, right? So you'd be like feeling – it'd be like at a haunted house where you like feel peeled grapes and they tell you it's eyeballs and do whatever. Yeah. It's scary. Are you going to haunted houses in like a six-year-old's like home? <laughs> six-year-old's birthday party? That's about my speed, Yeah. <laughs> I like the ones that are like, we're going to fuck your skull. <laughs> and you're like literally running for your life. I'm, I would tell you, if you ever go with me to a haunted house, I will use you as a human shield. Yeah, that, that's I'll, not happening. And I shove the person in front of me. Ahead, and I'll like get low. I, I don't know. I'm crazy. Why do you, why do, you do it? I it love it. It sounds like you hate it. It gets me so hot. Not like sexually hot. Like, I mean, like. My physical temperature, like, Gets your blood going. Yeah, and I get, like, really scared, but it's fun scared. It's the same reason I like horror movies. It's scary, but it's, like, exhilarating at the same time. You like the high. I do. I'm an adrenaline junkie. No, I'm not. (laughs) Just for that. Because I know it's also not real. There's a certain amount of suspending your disbelief that uh, comes with it. Although recently I went to one during the holidays, like during Christmas. And you went to a Christmas haunted house. Oh, yeah. They have one. It was like a Krampus haunted house. It was great. And the people obviously hadn't had too many people come through because, like, we were like walking through, walking through. And this girl in a like a bunny, like a scary bunny costume was just talking to some other person. And we walked up and she was like, oh, and like turned and looked at us and was like, Oh, I'm like, <laughs> bitch, you ruined it. <laughs> we caught you. We caught you talking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, haunted houses are actually very scary for me because I am very clumsy and it's dark and I trip oh, over shit. Yeah. So I fall down a lot. Um, so I'm always afraid I'm going to fall. Uh, yeah, because um, they have mist and stuff and like it might like be uneven. Dark. Yeah, I like the haunted houses that you like the the like haunted rides that like you sit in and you're just oh. like in the car. But Joseph and I went to we were in Vienna at the Prater, which is that big amusement park um, in Vienna, and they had like many different haunted house rides, and we went on three of them, and they were all really cool. And the, my our favorite one was the one that when you got to the end, um, the ride operator, as soon as you like went back out into the light, um, just put a scary mask in your face, <laughs> just like what. 
And he was like, ah! and we were all like, ah! and it was just like, you could tell that was the best part of his job. It was just like, as soon as the car gets back to the outside, putting that scary mask in their face. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. He was just holding a mask. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like this, you know, a Viennese ride operator, like smoking a cigarette and like, oh, that's so funny. But he loved it. You could tell he really loved it. And so we loved it. Uh. <laughs> oh my god i'm crying that is so funny up next we hear from fans and friends of the podcast about their theories comments and questions but first a conversation about this episode's weather this episode's weather was black white and red by emrys cronin nope is that right oh is that did i pronounce it correctly you did wow sanders that's how meg pronounced it in the episode Okay, because I always and I never it. mispronounce anyone's name ever. So <laughs> no, yeah, I think it's pronounced Orin yeah. Juice. Uh, Orin, Orin, Orin. It's just... Orin J. Oos. <laughs> <laughs> um, this song I thought was a really well because it came so abruptly. First of all, he was like no, and then it cut off, and then it was this. It was like almost like hold music. Like, yeah. or elevator music, but it, not, like, as banal as that. But it was, like, all, because it was all instrumental, you, you, it was just kind of, like, you're kind of, like, waiting, waiting, waiting for, like, the doors to open and all the chaos to continue to ensue. So I, I like this break. I thought it was an interesting choice. A little jazz break. But I, in my yeah. mind, I was just, like, imagining me being behind the glass at the radio station, just watching Cecil bitch slap um, non-heaters. <laughs> Oh, oh during this playing. Okay. <laughs> That's good. It's I I've started to like it it, it occurred to me uh, when I was listening to it and the while the weather is playing, you know, if, when you're in a radio studio, you know, you can hear the music overhead so it's still playing so you're aware as as whoever's on air and as the producer when it's going to be when it's finishing up and then everything goes back into the into your cans for to be on mic that this is playing like what is happening now? I'm trying to imagine what's happening elsewhere while this is playing. Obviously, in this case, it's a smackdown, <laughs> a bitch slap. Yeah, it, it, the bitch slap, the bitch slapping. <laughs> it's an, it's another way to look at the weather rather than it being something that breaks things up. The weather is just a song they play. What's happening in the world? Ima- try to imagine what's happening in the studio while the song is playing. That's actually super fun. I've never thought of it that way, and I think that would be cool because sometimes it'll just be Cecil like maybe drinking a coffee or like sit yep. like checking his Facebook or whatever, or it could be something like he's hiding under a desk or trying to like take everything up to the roof or trying to peer under station management's door or something. You know what I mean? So yes. it's kind of fun now to think I'm going to think of it that, that way from now on. Yay. Huzzah. Huzzah. So um, on my my Google Dive, Emerus, I didn't get very far with Emerus Cronin. Um, the last time we heard from them on the internet was four years ago. They were studying music at a university in Sydney. and Australia? Sydney, mm. Australia. They were a music student there. And mm. uh, they're a multi-instrumentalist who plays the guitar, the piano, the bass, the mandolin, mando bando. Oh, yeah. Disparition. Um, as, as well as other stringed instruments. But yeah, I believe I asked Joseph about this. I was like, how did we find this person? Like they're a music student in Sydney, Sydney Australia. Like how did we, how did this get, how did we get here? Right. And Joseph was like, this is when we opened up weather submissions. 
So there was like several times throughout the history of Night Vale, we have opened up submissions via email of weather songs. So you could email your weather to the weather account, and then Joseph would go through them and pick ones that worked for the show. Mm-hmm. And this was one of them. Way to go, Emerus. It's a lovely piece of music. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. It's uh, a nice score score to be for a, a, a fight. Fight score. Fight score. Fight score. Stay right there. Good Morning Night Vale will return after a brief break. Now it's time to preheat your oven to 550 degrees and to warm up that jarred marinara on the stove because we are rolling it out and rolling it up and going into the fan zone. Fan zone! Fan zone! In our fan zone first today, we have Atlas. Atlas writes, Hiya Meg, Hal, and Symphony. I have an overarching theory about Cecil in the entire series. It begins with episode 33, Cassette. When past Cecil begins his first radio test, he mentions that Leonard Burton always starts his show with... The sun is actually cold. It's cold and empty and all is lost. Greetings from Night Vale. So my theory is that every cold open that starts off an episode is actually Cecil's attempt at finding a catchphrase to start off the show with. Huh, I like that. My favorite is from episode 38, Orange Grove. Orange Grove. Orange Grove. Orange Grove. Orange Grove. (laughs) You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have spiders crawling out of a red velvet cupcake. I love this show so much, and I'm loving listening to you three every week on Good Morning Night Vale. Keep up the good work. Well, thanks, Atlas. You're a Thanks for holding up the world, Atlas. (laughs) Thanks, dude. Our listeners have the best names, by the way. Atlas is a killer name. I don't know if that was given to you at birth or if you gave it to yourself. Either way, dope. good on you. Yeah, Atlas is a really good name, speaking of. Yeah. yeah good. Good on you. Uh, here, comes, here comes another four-star name. Dilly writes, Ahoy, good morning, Night Vale crew. Ahoy. Dilly from Australia here with a thought, a theory, and a question. Number Can you do one. this in an Australian accent? Wait. Thought. Your Australian accents from last, uh, last episode were on point, although I'm afraid you were mistaken about our spiders. Your shoe isn't the place to worry about them crawling in. It's in your open mouth while you sleep. You should be afraid they'll go in. Fuck that. I'm never going to Australia again. Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer. No. She needs to know. <laughs> this is. She's no, not coming out. She's got noise canceling headphones on. How do you live in a country? How do you live your life knowing. That if your if your mouth is just going to become a spider's nest, I don't think that's, fuck that. Look, listen, think about it though. Like of all the gin joints, why would a spider crawl into your mouth? There's so many other places for it to crawl in. Your mouth because your, it knows. No, the spider's preservation. They're moving. They're, they're your your body's moving. You're inhaling. Mm-hmm. You're exhaling. You're making noise. Spiders are going to stay away from that. They're not going to be crawling into your mouth. They're way busy crawling into dark other places. Listen, none of us are Australian except for Dilly, who says it's a concern. Right. So I'm going to be on high alert if I ever go to Australia again. I'm going to sleep with a fucking Hannibal Lecter cage inside of a plastic tent inside of a safe. Inside of a, probably a very nice hotel. 
<laughs> Inside of a very that nice That is vacuumed hotel. frequently and does not have rando spiders in it. Freely, yeah, no. They just have the ones that it's like the Drake Hotel where they have those ducks who come out every day. They're like, all right, let's get the giant bird-eating tarantulas out. <laughs> they, we, we parade them around and feed them a whole buzzard. They eat it in 30 seconds. Anyway, they love your mouth. Good night. <laughs> um. uh, he, here's Dilly's theory. Unless, unless there's anything else we want to say about these spiders. No. I also would just like to not gloss over the fact that Dilly did say that our Australian accents from the last episode were on point. Yeah. We're really good at it. <laughs> uh, here's a theory. Lot 37 isn't Cecil per se. Rather, it's Cecil's free will. This would have been seized during one of Cecil's re-education sessions in the sense that they'd break his will and strip his ability to think and act freely from him. It would then have been kept as evidence of his thought crime, and when it became unnecessary, the secret police sold it at auction. Oh, well, interesting. That's possible. Plausible. That's very interesting. We need to have Glenn back and ask him. Mm-hmm. Get back here, Glenn. Get back here. Uh, and here is qu- here's the question. Oh, this is a good one. How would one do a Welcome to Night Vale-themed wedding? Mm-hmm. What would you suggest for decor, food, etc.? Let's answer that. Yeah. Purple? Purple, oh, well, if it was mine, at my side, the bride's side would be purple, and then the groom's side would be yellow like Desert Bluffs. Mm. I think I would do that. And then, because I think purple and yellow are complementary colors. Um, and then each table would have like some sort of thing from Night Vale. Like one would be a Koshak table. One would yep. be like. Radon Canyon. Yeah. Or a library. A, li- a library. Wow. Symphony shit. A library. Desert flower. Um, yeah. I yeah. think it'd be fun. You could have a truck outside for after the speak goes. Oh, yes. Your wedding cake could be invisible pie. That'd be good. Oh, yeah. Your first dance could be waiting for the bus in the rain. You could have the whole thing in a dog park. Yeah, you could have the whole thing in a dog park. You could make sure that Tourniquet does the catering. You could register for Bloodstones. You could um, also have orange juice, co- orange juice cocktails. Orange juice. Yeah. Orange juice. Orange juice cocktails. <laughs> yeah. Like basically like a mimosa then. Yeah. Yeah, don't, uh, don't do that last thing. Julie uh, uh, also <laughs> says – Thanks for being great podcasters and a constant reminder that even in the current political climate, both art and decency still exist. XO, XO. XXXO to you, Dilly. Yeah. Yes. Thanks, Dilly. People often like Thank to you. send emails and Apple reviews to me that say that our show is too political and that we should just stick to the art. But that's not how I play. <laughs> Get your own podcast. Get your own podcast. And, and, and I think if you're an artist, it's important to comment on what's going on in the world or else your art's not relevant. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a PSA. That's been our PSA. Dilly, thank you so much for writing into us. I, uh, yeah. I would be stoked to, if you have a Night Vale wedding, you can send us an invitation um, at our info at Good Morning Night Vale email address maybe we'll come if not maybe we'll send you a bloodstone or maybe we'll send you something else remember i am a, a reverend yeah i'm a reverend me too i'm also reverent again the three of us are ordained yeah. ministers yeah. and we can officiate your wedding if the price is right or the location is right so that's right yeah yeah we also can dj we can mc we could be the people who get everybody up and dancing. Yeah, I could be the person who gets too drunk and um, like falls on the dance floor. 
If you need someone to do that at your wedding and so your aunt doesn't have to do it, I will do it. <laughs> and I'll complain about the food. So feel free to invite us. Okay, this is um, next email comes to us from Els. The subject of this email is nothing is real. <laughs> Love the show, especially when y'all talk about food and the moon. And oh. wanted to talk about the concept of nothing being real that was brought up during Good Morning Missing from the perspective of an experimental nuclear physicist. Whoa. Yeah. Ooh. You're probably familiar with the concept that atoms are made up of electrons. Yep, totally familiar sure. with that. Sure. Sure. Uh, the nucleus at 99% empty space. And that vast majority, majority of an atom's mass comes from the nucleus, which is made of protons and neutrons, and those are made of quarks. During my time working at the National Lab Particle Accelerator, what? I learned that individual quarks made up only less than 1% of the nucleus's total mass, and that the rest of it comes from the quark-antiquark pairs that pop into existence by borrowing energy from the universe. What? Move inside every proton and every atom of your body at near the speed of light before annihilating each other an extremely short time later. To put it succinctly, not only are we mostly made of empty space, but most of us that isn't empty space no longer exists by the time we think about it. Reality is so utterly bizarre, and I love studying it. And I think that that's a big part of why I love Night Vale. As a trans scientist, I can't tell you enough how important the character of Carlos is for future queer physicists. Thank you, exclamation point, exclamation point. I know that science questions pop up a lot in Good Morning Night Vale, and I love hearing you all so enthused about science, even if you don't fully understand it. <laughs> because let's be honest, not even those of us who do science for a living could possibly understand all of the beautiful and terrifying complexity of the universe around us. But it's that same enthusiasm mixed with some stubbornness that lets us try. Peace and rainbows, L's. What the fuck? Thank you for this. Is such a, a really uh, succinct way to explain something very difficult to to people like me who um, went to school to play make pretend. So <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Like that's so interesting. I just I'm, I'm fascinated by science and I have such a remedial knowledge of it. So to hear that explained and then I'm like, oh, okay, I understand like bits of it. And then the other part, my tiny mind was blown. So thanks, Els. But your tiny mind is mostly made up of empty space. Yes. Uh, or empty space that no longer exists by the time we're thinking about it. <laughs> so the in this episode, the redaction about how nothing being real is it's right. So it's for real, for real. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna let that simmer in, in my brain and then wake up in the middle of the night screaming. And a cold somehow. sweat being like, please just <laughs> you have to like put on some sort of banal TV show just to feel normal again. Yeah, to be like, nothing exists. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Alex writes, hey guys, referencing your conversation in Good Morning, feral dogs about how Cecil pronounced hmm, orange juice. I checked and I say it that way too. What? Okay. I'm one of those friggin' weirdos who combines the J sounds. I grew up mostly in Arizona, but I wouldn't take my pronunciations of, well, any words at all as a guide to regional accents. The thing that is kind of merging of two words into one is actually really common. It's called a backshift, where the space between the words basically disappears. There's actually tons of examples in English that you likely don't even think about when you say them. Annie Hoodle. 
the guy who does the Lexicon Valley podcast did a whole segment on this very subject recently. Cheers, Alex. Wow. Well, thank you, Alex. I'm going to have to check out that other podcast and I will continue to use any hoodle from now on. <laughs> yeah, we should all go out and listen to that podcast episode yeah. and find out what the H, the, the this uh, backspace, backshift is, is all about. Yes. And why Cecil backshifts. I'm interested. He's a backcountry backshifter, that Cecil Bowen. Yes. He's a backcountry backshifter. Uh, yet another Alex. We're going back to back with the Alexes right here. Uh, this Alex writes, hi there. I love the Good Morning Night Vale show and honestly everything else on the network. Well, thank you. Theory number one, the lights in Radon Canyon are related to the lights above the Arby's and maybe the world government or Deb, a sentient patch of haze. Episode eight. Thoughts? Yeah. Oh, are we answering that right now? Okay. Yeah, that one is correct. <laughs> Theory two, welcome to Night Vale analysis and Dead take place in the same universe. Symphony, is this correct? Uh, could be. Could be. Theory number it's three. It's not my personal headcanon. Not your personal headcanon? Then that one is wrong. Theory number <laughs> three, this one's for the future. John Peters is omnipotent and was somehow related to the orange juice thing in a different way. Maybe he secretly knew that it would transport people to the desert other world. False. Yeah, cannot live in a world where Mark Gagliardi is omnipotent. Opinion. No. Sheriff Sam <laughs> has the best voice actor. Disagree. Mm. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I, look, we all love Emma, but we love ourselves more than we love anyone else. Yes. Uh, the, the real the reason why that's wrong is it's you cannot say anybody is the best voice actor. It is all subjective, all artists subjective. You are wrong. Uh, <laughs> if I need an organ donation, I choose Hal. He's the best. You can't have my organs. I need them. I'm still alive. <laughs> What, what you, can you, donate, you can donate parts of – you could donate a kidney. You could donate a no. part of your liver, Hal. No. To whom? Just and if so, what? If someone to needed Alex. it. I don't – Alex, I don't owe you. This is very weird. Very I don't uncomfortable. owe you and I don't owe you anything. I'm not some organ supermarket for you, Alex. Maybe you chose wrong, Alex, because I feel like I would be willing to give you an organ if you needed one, whereas Hal is withholding. So next time, Look, think, think about which host – which host Look, you would like to host in your body? I agree that I'm the best, but the, what makes me the best are all my organs being in my body. It's very, it's a catch twenty two. It's a catch twenty two, uh, Alex. I'm just saying that I'm like open to sharing organs to people who need them. What if my wife needs my organs? So you're saving it. I'm saving them for her. I'm saving my organs for saving marriage. all my organs for you. That's right, well, Jennifer. Yeah, uh, Joseph and I, I don't think we're the same blood type. But then you can do the thing where it's like you donate to someone's family member who – so your family member needs an organ, but you don't have a match for them. So you donate to someone else's family, and then that family donates to you. And then, like, it also, like, forms, like, a ladder. So it's like I donate my kidney to X person who donates their kidney to Y and Z. And then, like, it, like, all kind of streams down the line. And then you get a you get a kidney in return. Yeah. So it's like it's like a, buy it's one, like a get pyramid one. scheme for kidneys. <laughs> it's like an Amway. <laughs> it's Amway, but for kidneys. <laughs> oh, I want that to exist. All right, we've heard all of our fans in the fan zone. We've talked about oranges and oranges. We've all read John McPhee's The Oranges. We can conclude our episode. So thank you all so much for tuning in to with tuning in on your pod with your podcast knob. <laughs> you di- dialed in on your podcast <laughs> dial knob. You you bunch of podcast knobs. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> 
We really do. Um, so thank you so much for listening to Good Morning Night Vale this week. Next week, we will be here to talk about the woman from Italy. But the woman from Italy. But until then, as always, on behalf of myself and my kidneys, good morning, Night Vale. Good Morning Night Vale is a Night Vale Presents production. It is hosted by Symphony Sanders, Hal Lublin, and Meg Bashwinner. It is edited by Grant Stort. It is mixed by Vincent Cascione. It is produced by Meg Bashwinner. Theme music by Disparition. Special thanks to our fans who submitted their thoughts this week. Leave us a voicemail at 929-277-2050 or email us at info at goodmorningnightvale.com to share your theories and ask questions, or to suggest some names for the group of six chihuahuas that lives on my street and barks at me whenever I run by. This show is powered by our patrons, like Colibri, Hannah Thu, Hannah Jones, McAllen Forbes, and Simply M. If you are interested in supporting the show in exchange for hyper-cool kid content, like photos and videos that Symphony has collected over the years, check us out at patreon.com slash goodmorningnightvale. For more information on this show, go to goodmorningnightvale.com and follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Nightvale Chat. Special thanks to Christy Gressman, Jeffrey Craner, Joseph Fink, and Adam Cecil. Today's adverb is emotionally. It's awesome how emotionally evocative the pronunciation of words can be, said the barista as she served me my orange juice. They say you shouldn't meet your heroes. I'm Joseph Fink, and I'd like to introduce you to I Only Listen to the Mountain Goats, the show where I meet my hero and have conversations about songwriting, art, and life. This podcast is going to be weird for me because I'm proud of what I do, but I always try to change the subject if people tell me that my stuff is good. (laughs) I Only Listen to the Mountain Goats. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts.